Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And uh, welcome to Season 9. This is Episode 81. We've got some cool things in store for you this season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're strolling right along. We, we're we approaching the Magnificent 100 over this next season. We also, we may come across our second anniversary. We'll find out. I just moved to LA, and uh, through that move, I've been packing and repacking my cards and kind of sorting and resorting, and something something kind of hit me, and I was like, oh man, like there are some cards in here that I've always wanted to play, but I can never find the right deck to play. Right. Uh, and generally, it's it's like cards that I want to be part of like a bigger synergy. So um, it kind of melded into this idea of like. There are certain tribes that don't get enough uh, work, <laughs> um, that that they don't have a lot of tribal-based synergies. You know, we've got goblins, we've got, you know, elves, we've got all these things that have so much built around them, uh, but there are just some that are, are left in the dark. So between that and certain mechanics, I uh, we, we wanted to bring some things to the table today that were that we wanted to see more from either we haven't seen it in a while or there could be something there it's just not quite there yet the assignment today was bring a, a creature type and bring a mechanic or uh, ability that's it <laughs> figured we'd, we'd chat about those for a while so uh let's let's start with creature type bruce what do you sounds got? good sounds good so the creature type that i have chosen the one that i feel is uh just doesn't get the love it should from wizards. It's uh, specters. 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 Bruce, before before you get too far in specters, uh, I also chose specters. Uh, I I had it down to two, and I'll explain to you why later. Uh, but I also chose specters. Uh, that is one just of awesome. my two. So just we'll, awesome. we'll talk about my other one when when we get to there. Uh, tell me about Spectres, Bruce. Well, let me start by saying, on recording, we're hearing a lot about the... Uh, we're currently hearing a lot about Unfinity. So it sort of dates when we're hearing the recording. And I will say, <laughs> once again, I am disappointed. Once again, Wizards, please, you couldn't you couldn't give me an Inspector gadget? Come <laughs> on. Come on, Wizards. It's right there. I'm giving you this Unsp one. Unspector gadget. It could be unspector gadget. Can be inspector gadget. Come on, a two-two artifact creature with flying, and when it and then you can have a whole host of abilities because, hey, inspector gadget. Yeah. And uh, oh, and they could all be related to somehow to discard, which is what specters are all about. So now, for the most part, specters are a creature type that we have that we don't see a very much of uh, in current Magic. And uh, when I explain what specters generally do, I think you'll understand why. So for the most part, the specter creature type, it's mostly black. Uh, now there are all kinds, there are variations within that, but primarily it's black, primarily flying creatures, and primarily they involve discard. Usually it's when they do combat damage, your op an opponent discards. Uh, sometimes it's when they enter the battlefield. There's, there are vari there are, a number of them that do slightly different things, um, but 
invariably it always involves some sort of discard. So this is more of a popular theme farther back. Yeah, I believe I believe the the original Spectre, I don't remember how long it came out. It might have been Alpha was Hypnotic Spectre, um which was black black one for a 2 2 with flying. Um an opponent damage <laughs> I'll just write, read the, the oracle text and said, uh, whenever Hypnotic Spectre deals damage to an opponent, that player discards a card at random. Yeah, it was an alpha. So, yeah. um, you know, it that's the gist of most of them, whether it's random or not random, but it's two cards or lose some life and discard a card or something. Those are like the things uh, associated with Spectres. Right. I, I had the same thoughts of like, ah, oh, they're... It's weird that they're all... I mean, it makes sense that they're all black. Uh, there are some that have red or blue, but, you know, there's no green or white ones. Um, right. And we have one legendary specter. Yes. Uh, which is Uragos, uh, which is, like, six mana for, like, a 5-5, five five, I think. 4-3. Uh, 4-3. Four uh, three. Four three. Yeah, 4-3 flyer. Yikes. Um, it's, it's fine. It's just a specter... That happens to be legendary. It doesn't do anything with specters. There's no like lordship to it. Yeah. Um, and we don't really have that in specters, which right. is why I had chosen it for one of mine. Um, it. I feel like you could make some really cool decks out of it. Uh, you know, we've got we've got things like uh, who was that lady? Uh, came out last year, where she's got a lantern, Turgrid. Um, yeah. Like, Turgrid would go really well in a, like as a Spectre commander, but, like, I just want more Spectre-type stuff on Spectres and maybe, like, a multicolored Spectre commander. Um, it's, a, it's a great little card type. It is. Now, for those of you wondering, there are 25 different Spectres out there. Um, uh, they range in cost from 3 mana up to, I believe, 6 is the most expensive. Um, and you were talking about uh, Urgaros, the empty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also the only specter that could draw you a card. Um, just, mm. just because uh, well, when it deals combat damage that uh, the player discards a card at random. Very specter-like. And then it says, if the player can't, you draw a card. So if you've run them right out of cards, then you can, then you can draw cards. So it so who you swing at may very well be affected simply by the number of cards in hand, because maybe you'd rather draw a card than force a discard. So, Yeah. I like the variations of Spectres. Um, like I said, we talked about Hypnotic Spectre and discarding a card at random, and it was fairly early on, I think Wizards realized that that was something that nobody really wanted, and it made the card especially powerful in an unfortunate way, because... If your opponent was unlucky enough to lose one of their key cards early on to the Spectre, you, it could put them right behind the eight ball early on in the game. So they started shifting it away from that, moving it more towards the idea that that you're, you know, that the opponent should be the one choosing. So you could force them to discard a card, but they get to pick the card, which makes your Spectre far less useful because, I mean, if they've got seven cards in hand and they're discarding one, and they get to pick the one. They're always going to pick either the one they can't play right away or the one they just don't need anymore. Yeah, for me, like, I think that's why it needs more support, at least in Commander, so that, like, you can, you know, go at somebody with a few 
make them discard a couple cards uh right. which just, it feels evil but like i think that you know if if somebody's expecting it they'll they'll hold some cards back to be able to discard or they'll end up playing everything so that they won't be losing value by discarding i i really like that that gameplay of forcing your opponents to play out their hands to maybe overplay the board um rather than the feel bads of making them discard um right it's it's like a threat of like if you don't play your stuff i'll make you discard it and then nobody can play it um but yeah yeah when there are enough especially when there's two of them out there or you're one where you're having to discard a card at random your opponents are either going to get rid of that specter uh make sure that they've got a way to stop it from dealing the damage or put themselves or make themselves uh, a target that you don't want to swing at um and Mm -hmm. when you've got that many levels of interaction that goes on uh the games tend to be a lot more i find the games tend to be a lot more interesting however it also it also means that your specters are much more likely to get targeted with removal so you're going to be leaning towards ways to protect your creatures if that's really what you're looking to do um and it, it would be one of the challenges, even if they make more specters, it's definitely one of the challenges of trying to, you know, run a theme deck that follows this uh, this format just because uh, this is tough. Um, yeah. yeah. Keeping these card, keeping these creatures on the board is not going to be easy. You know, once, once you know that discard is the theme, it really does. There are a whole lot of cards you can put in your commander deck to punish opponents who discard, whether you're dealing damage for you know for every card they discard or however else you want to do it it's uh there's all kinds of ways to make that happen um and kind of along the same line uh the creature type that i chose um you know like i said i had also chosen specter but i had also chosen shade uh because i feel like they could fairly well mix them um i feel like they're very i mean they're both very ghastly ghostly uh so and Andy, most shades, my understanding, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, most shades are essentially they get their level of fire breathing, spend a certain spend mana to give them plus one plus one until the end of the turn is basically it. Yeah. Standard um, for there are a few that it's like plus one minus one, but generally it's okay. yeah, pump pump it mana into it, give it more power and toughness. There we go. Um and uh right now there are currently 32 shades, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, again, not a lot. Uh, there's a little bit more support than there is for the thing you said, Spectres. For Spectres, um, yeah. But uh, that's just because there are, like, certain things where it's like, oh, like, shades... Uh, I want to say there's, like, a lord for shades. Um, or it's, like, shades and this and this all get plus one type of thing, where it's, like, a group of things. Um, but I think overall, I mean you could easily have more support for shades, uh, especially if it was along the lines of having more support for specters as well. Um, And I think what kind of what I had in mind going into this episode was if you give any sort of legendary support to those tribes, you could potentially have overlap and have like a legendary like shade specter or something that does something for both of these or even better like a legendary creature that could use the like with specters like oh like if your opponents discard something uh 
you know your legendary creature gets a bonus or something um legendary creature something along slim the- shady <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> um <laughs> I, I i think it would be interesting to have some sort of design improvement in that design space where uh it's not necessarily about just getting cards from their hand into the graveyard you get some sort of recursive benefit from that in form of you know legendary support for specter or in the case of shades like oh like if you have a shade that has power six or greater like it does a thing or something right um because i mean currently there's one legendary shade and it's a five five for six which, it's, which shade uh, is it? it sounds shade okay yeah um and it's a five five for six with protection from white and that's it it's black 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 three <laughs> yeah well it's it's uh if i remember right it's from homelands originally it so. is from homelands um uh, yeah so y- you weren't going to get anything too spectacular um so but i mean yes he could be in theory your legendary creature for for shade tribal um i mean realistically of the shades i think nirkana revenant is probably the one you really want over yeah. any of the others because uh, it uh, allows your swamps to tamp- tap for two black and when you're talking about uh, a whole group of creatures that get plus and plus one for every black you spend um that just makes sense so i think you could have easily like some sort of overarching so like we've got things like death baron which cares about i think it's zombies and skeletons yeah because those thematically go together flavorfully it works as like a creature um and there are a few creatures out there that care about like you know slinvoda cares about uh like octopuses and leviathans and krakens uh and yeah exactly and uh I think more support for specters and uh, shades and, you know, I don't think ghosts are a thing. Um, horrors, I think, could be, like, a really cool way to for this design space to go. And I think it would kind of get out of the, the almost hackneyed uh, design space that they've been in lately where it's been, oh, we've got vampires and werewolves and zombies and uh tentacle monsters and like i think there there could be some some more subtle darker horror if they're gonna go for like horror themes right um but i mean i almost went with horror but i feel like there's actually support support for horror especially over these two i mean even so much as the gitrog monster is a horror um, i feel like we're getting horrors every other set uh, the Defiler uh, cycle in um, Dominaria United were horrors. The Liege cycle were horrors. Yeah. Like, we've got some pretty strong horrors um, in all colors. So, I, I think combining those would be a cool cool way to go forward. And I, I hope to see something along those lines in the next couple of years. That would be cool. Um I also noticed there was a uh, uh, shades shades form, so it's not just uh, there's not just shades with the uh, shades breath. It's a a one and a black for an instant until the end of the turn. Each creature you control becomes black. Its creature type becomes shade, and it gains uh, spend a black 
this creature gets plus one plus one at Ooh. the end of the turn. Um, so you can even uh, involve a or get get uh, a few of a few creatures that aren't necessarily shades. And uh, yeah, and I think too, like with the overlap, what could be cool is having things that incentivize your uh, your opponents to block so they don't have to discard, but also uh, the things that aren't discarded, or the things that aren't blocked, you know, you can pump up like shades. Right. Um, I think would be, like, a really cool... Or, you know, the things that are blocked, you can pump up to kill their creatures. Right. Um, I just love the shades' ability. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm going to spend... If if I'm looking at shades as a, as a deck idea, I'm going to spend a lot of time... A lot of time on evasion... Just because you, you're not... In, I mean, the difficulty is if you swing with more than one. You're mm-hmm. waiting You're waiting to see who gets blocked and how big do you need to make one to keep it alive or which one is getting through and how much damage do I want to put onto that? You know, how much damage do I want to do? So you can just spend your black mana that way. Um, so it, it, that one, it, it always gets a little tricky trying to figure out whether you should be saving saving your creatures or destroying your opponents, you know, and then you're looking at a ton of ramps. So I can see a whole lot of interesting uh, build decisions as you put together a deck like this. For sure. So. I just love, I love creatures that inherently not only have combat tricks just built into them, but right. also have mana sinks. Like, yeah. You know, nobody you nobody could block, and you still have somewhere to put that mana, right? Uh, which is always great. And the nice part is, and if you don't use all your mana, everybody assumes that you're gonna that you've got a you've got a trick. <laughs> yeah, you must have or, a trick. You know, it disincentivizes them to attack you because you will block. You know, right? I mean, it, if, it's just great. Right. If so. you've got you know if you've got four mana sitting there, they have to assume you've either got a, a spell or something you're going to play. Or yeah, that four mana means that at least one of your creatures is getting plus four plus four. Well, okay, now who's going to swing into that? You just don't know because and they get to put it onto whichever creature is blocking your biggest one, and it's just the downside for you is significant. So, um, yeah, that's that's something to think about. Um, and yeah, and if you paired uh, if you paired the sh- horrors, or the, sorry, the the shades and the specters. Then you've got a whole pile of flying creatures too, and mm. you know that gives you a whole lot of variation with your deck as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like there's. It, it's funny because when I was doing the research uh, and kind of looking through my own cards just to see what I wish I had more of in terms of like creature types, um, it just it, there were so many out there that I, we could have talked about, and I just love that we both went for specters. Oh yeah, um, it'd be super cool. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, when we get back, we're we're gonna take a quick break, throw it to some ads, and when we get back, we will uh, talk about abilities and such. You know, just kind of doing the doing the the mechanics. So we'll be right back. This episode of Temple of False Pod is brought to you by Ghosts. Ooh. This episode of Temple of False Spot is brought to you by Nightshade, because nothing that has Nightshade in the name is actually a damn shade. What? And now back to you. 
back. Uh, it's, it's getting up on dessert time for old Brucey. There is a so, peach uh, pie waiting for me. Trust me, we will not be going over time on this episode. Is it a uh, is it a is it a, a true pie or is it more of a cobbler? No, it is a true pie. Um, Ooh, I nice. make I make the pie dough in the family. And Ooh, yes, and, unexpected. Yeah, and I uh, <clears throat> Yolanda loves the pie, loves the dough that I make, and she makes the best pies. So I make dough. We put it in the fridge, and she makes pies whenever she feels like it, and it worked out you for me. You make the dough. I make the dough. Hmm. Speaking of making, uh, we've been talking about things that we wish wizards would make more of. Uh, you know, we started the episode talking about creature types. We want shades and specters. That'd be just just so sweet. Just chef's kiss. Uh, and we figured we'd talk about the last half of this episode about mechanics or abilities we want to see more of i mean personally i want to see obviously more of the the black uh shade type stuff but uh i was thinking more specific um i want to see more morph honestly um we haven't seen morph since they had megamorph in dragons of tarkir or at least not in any sort of real kind of way um you know there, there's been like a card for modern horizons or something and there's been a card for commander um and obviously any reprints since then but first printings there hasn't really been any since dragons of turkey um so i i i mean i've played against my friend john's morph deck many times and it's uh it's it's a lot, but I think that uh, with the more, uh, what's the word? Not modern, but like contemporary. There we go. Mm-hmm. More contemporary design spaces. I think morph could have a really cool effect on the the format at large, and I think that uh, I don't know how it would work with things like you know D, uh, MDFC is like modal double face cards, but uh, I think that if there was a way to, you know, affect both, you know, you could flip your your two-sided land or something, I think uh, they could figure that out. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, Morph, uh, as aggravated as I've been at times with Morph decks, I think that uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Playing with it is just a, a fun experience of chaos and um probably why we won't see it for a while (laughs) just uh, it takes a lot of time the thing for me with morph is Mm. the more morph you get the more i think the more you you get the spirit of what morph is trying to do i mean that was always the joke when you know early on with morph i just assumed that when somebody was playing a morph that it was a will bender because that's fair that way you knew that if somebody, if you try to target anything of theirs, if they had a morph creature out, you could assume that they were going to, that was when they would flip the wheel bender and then you would, it would get redirected to something else. So you were essentially throwing this thing away to try and get them to flip that card, flip their wheel bender. So that way it'd be out. And then at that point it essentially becomes a useless card because it's wheel bender. But with more and more morph creatures being created, 
it makes it harder and harder to figure out exactly what's what's underneath. Mm. And to me, that's the whole point. You want your opponents guessing. You you know you don't want it to be you don't want there to be so few morph creatures that they're like oh yeah we know exactly what this is because that's no fun. Where's the fun in that? Uh, the only time that's at all beneficial is if you're trying to do rattlesnake with it to to scare your opponents off so they think that's what it is so they're not going to do anything about it. And you know there's a benefit to that, but at the same time it's just not not really what I'm looking for in a morph card. You know, I want there to be so many morphs in the deck that you really don't know what I'm going to flip over. Yeah, I think it's just like a... I think it's a cool thing. Even if they, they know you only have one card in your deck that has morph. Right. Um, I think there's just such... I mean, there's obviously unlimited design space there because it can do whatever you need it to do. And it's always, you know, a 2-2 right. otherwise. Um, but... And do you have any ideas as far as, like... When you were saying to bring morph into different areas, was it were that were there things that you were thinking of? Are we talking Not about like variations to combat? Or, I mean, I would love to see. You know, I love seeing the idea of flipping a morph creature and finding out you're now facing something that has double strike, or even just first mm. strike, so that it hits initially, or something that is morph, and then it flips over and becomes an infect creature, or even just wither. You know, so you you really really mess with combat um i think some cool spaces that they could go with morph would be like oh like when you flip it over you get x token or tokens or whatever or even you know uh turn card face over if this is faced up or you know i i really like the there's i forget what it is there's some card out there that turns all face up cards face down yeah um and obviously that's to like reset your morph so that you can morph them again um right well but also kind of wiping the rest of your opponent's cards out that card um, is a massive blow okay i gotta remember this, remember the name of it um because that thing's a massive blowout oh it's a creature it's ixodron uh it's a star star illusion uh, and as Ixodron ah, yes. enters the battlefield, turn all other non-token creatures face down. They're now two twos. Ixodron's power and toughness are equal to the number of face down creatures on the battlefield. Now, the best part about this is that you're turning your opponent's commander's face down, meaning it's not leaving the zone. They're stuck. So now all you have to do is not block it. Don't kill that creature. Because as long as you don't kill it or give them a way to put it back in their hand to recast it, then that card just sits there because they can't do anything about it unless it changes zones. So um, it's a, a neat way to shut off opponent's commanders. It's a, a curious uh, mass removal spell because it takes away all the abilities of all the creatures. And that that can be huge. So Yeah. And it doesn't leave them with nothing, you know, which is right. always nice ish <laughs> um it makes it sometimes harder for them to get rid of their stuff but um you know it's it's always fun um enough about morph all right we have we we do have plenty of morph i just wish they would come back to it um what do you what do you got for us um i've got a an ability we we didn't see for very long and i i enjoyed it when it was there um 
It's called Champion. Now, mm. for those of you who weren't playing a while ago, Champion cards were mostly seen in the Lorwyn Shadowmoor series. Essentially, all of the Champion creatures said Champion A and then Creature Type. Um, most of the time, it was a pretty uh, common creature type. So there were Champion Goblins, Elves, uh, Champion Elementals, which was a little bit different. But uh, the idea was... Now, when you champion a creature, what you do is you play your creature that has champion a say goblin, um, and you essentially play it over the goblin that's in play. So, uh, when when the when the when the creature that says champion a go goblin, when it comes into play, sack it unless you remove another goblin you control from the game. When this leaves play, meaning the new championed, meaning the new creature that has champion the old card returns to play. So you can get all kinds of benefits because the champion cards oftentimes had an enter the battlefield ability and then when they died, you got the old creature back. So a lot of times you were trying to champion a creature that had an enter the battlefield ability so that you could get it twice because you'd already had it once and then you get it again. Um, and this would often lead you to make you could be you could be careless with your attacks, swing in and take chances because you kind of wanted the creature to die, you or at least you weren't at all concerned about it. So it was uh, it, it made for some interesting gameplay, um, uh, a couple of times and more often than not. Oh, well, that's not true. Quite often, I recall you you know you champion championing a token just because you wanted to get that goblin out there. So th there was there were other options as well. So, um, and this was a, an ability that just, there, w there wasn't much of it. It was used there and then it really wasn't used anywhere else. So mm. um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, I love that, like, you know, it, it gives this space where it gives your original creature some sort of, protection from board wipes i mean you're you're essentially using exiling as uh as a benefit rather than um the harsh removal that it can be uh right you know and i i, I like it flavorfully too because it, it does it it evokes this idea of you know using a bunch of creatures together to create this bigger thing you know you've got lightning crafter which um is yeah. a three three for four champion a goblin or shaman uh and you can tap it to deal three damage to target or player so it's like you know you you've got you know goblins and shamans teaming up to create lightning uh, right thought weft trio is kind of similar it's a five five for four in white uh champion a kithkin has got first strike vigilance and it can block any number of creatures so like you've got like a little army of Kith kithkin um and I, I love that, you know, somebody comes with a board wipe and it, this doesn't even say die. It's when it leaves play. So this could be exiled uh, and your original creature still comes back as long as it wasn't a token. Uh, but it's fun. Um, I didn't realize that there were only 12 cards with champion. Pretty much. So, um, and the other thing, like, like you said, they don't have to go to the graveyard. So if you play a flicker spell... Or even, you know, bounce the card, it returns to play at the end of the turn. Mm -hmm. So I play a regular, let's say the Kithkin. 
I play a Kifkin that gives me some benefit when it enters the battlefield. Then I play the Champion of Kifkin, uh, the Thought Weft Trio. Then I get to do what Thought Weft Trio does. Then you can bounce that, bounce the Thought Weft Trio, bring the original Kifkin back, get that ability, and then at the end of the turn, the Thought Weft Trio comes back, and you get that bonus too. It's just, I love the idea of just being able mm. to abuse this a little bit. Um, and there were a number of uh, a number of champion creatures that were big. I mean, Supreme Exemplar. Uh, it's a ten ten flying, and it's this champion in elemental. So uh, you can see where, you know, yeah, how that would be especially beneficial. where I mean, elementals almost all of them. I mean, I guess not almost all of them. A lot of them have ETBs. So I mean, right. you you loop this with another blue elemental or a, another blue champion. Uh, or even in a 60-card deck, two Supreme Exemplars, they kind of bounce each other. And if you have some way to get value off of ETBs or LTBs, then you got a loop. Right. Oh, yeah. No, there, there were all sorts of ways to really abuse it. So um, I know I loved it. Um, I loved it, and I wanted to see way more of it. Um, I built a 60-card deck that was mostly around the Nova Chaser, um, I'm trying to remember what else there was in it. Um, it was Nova Chaser. There was Ashling the Pilgrim. It was mostly elementals from, from right around that time. It's Flamekin Harbinger for one and a red. It's an elemental shaman. When the Harbinger enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an elemental card, reveal it, then shuffle your library and put that card on top. So you play the Harbinger to find your Nova Chaser. You draw the Nova Chaser the next turn. You play the Nova Chaser on top of the Harbinger. When your opponent gets rid of your 10-2 Trampler, <laughs> well, it leaves play. Well, then the Harbinger comes back. And because it's a 60-card deck, you find another copy of Nova Chaser and put it on top of your library. So you could draw it the next turn and play it on top of your Flamekin Harbinger. And it's just, it's just little things like that. And it, it was just... The deck was just so much fun, at least mm. for me. Maybe not for my opponents so much, but um, I know I got a real kick out of it. So, um, yeah, and I think that there are ways that you can make those kind of loops um, that, you know, they're not super powerful, but they're annoying and there's a certain amount of fun there. Um, I mean, Ingachu is another elemental that you could cast it on, so you can destroy an artifact when your Nova Chaser comes back. Um, um, the other the other elemental in the, in the deck that I that I used regularly was Soulbright Flamekin. Um, it's a two one creature, and for two mana, target creature gains Trample until the end of the turn, which isn't a big deal because the Nova Chase already has Trample. But <laughs> if you do that three times, in other words, spend six mana, it will create eight red mana, and that was usually enough to do a whole lot of other fun things in addition to. In addition to your Nova Ooh. Chaser. So, uh, you could make all kinds of bizarre things happen. So, yeah. Um, nice. So, yeah. So, I'd love to see that happening more often just because, um, especially with theme decks, I think it adds another level of uh, interest to it so that you can uh, bounce back from mass removal. You can do all kinds of other weird and funky things. I think, too... So. Uh... And this may be, uh, you know, me just hoping, 
but I think Mark Rosewater has been maybe coyly uh, hinting at we may be returning to Lorwyn Shadowmoor probably in like two years, but uh, you know, it's it's not an impossibility like it was uh, say like a year or two ago. Well, the only Um, danger returning to Lorwyn Shadowmoor now is the Phyrexians will just show up and mess it all up. Yeah, um, but you know, maybe maybe not. Like we're returning. Like after, like I think next year we've got, you know, the whole Phyrexian arc, and then as a cleanser, we're supposed to be going back to Eldraine, which I mean, is like a worse Lorwyn. Uh, and right. then, well, hey, champion of Phyrexian. Yeah, that'd be sick. I guess. It sounds dangerous. Uh, uh-huh. And then we've got uh, Ixalan. So I, I hopefully, I mean, you know. Right. Hopefully, maybe, eventually. Maybe. Um, the other, thing with, uh, the other we'll thing with Champion is it doesn't always have to be the same creature type. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a creature. Now, they never really went any farther than Champion a creature. But why not Champion an artifact? Mm. Or an enchantment? Why not champ, uh, Champion a Planeswalker? I mean, you Oof. could you could create a planeswalker that has champion a planeswalker, so you can take your uh, your version of Garrick and champion it with a new version of with with another Garrick. You know, it, you can you can do all kinds yeah. of stuff, um, and then when that planeswalker dies, it leaves the battlefield, and the old one then comes back and resets. And you haven't used its Planeswalker ability, so you could do that. So you could set up a turn where you're using two Planeswalker abilities. There, I, I think I like I like what uh, what Champion offers as far as oh yeah uh, as an Sounds ability sick. type, and I think you can go beyond just creatures when doing it. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Man, just like with the creatures, I feel like going through my my collection, there were just so many things that I was like, oh, I wish there was more support for this. And there very well may be. I haven't taken the time with a lot of the things that I was thinking about uh, while organizing uh, to check Scryfall. But uh, I think uh, there are a lot of cool design spaces that Wizards has not necessarily come back to in quite some time that I hope to see soon. Um, but, uh, I think this one, these, I mean, these two both were really good. Uh, I, I hope to see both of these fairly soon. Um, whether or not that's going to happen, who's to say, but right. uh, Well, and I mean, you know, I chose this, 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 uh, tiny ability that really isn't out there. Yeah. It's as obscure as it gets. And, is it likely to come back? Probably not, because honestly, if it was doing something at the time that Wizards wanted or or liked liked to see, they would have brought it back. They would have made the variations. Mm. They would have done it. Um, so it seems unlikely they're going to bring it back. But um, you know, I enjoy the way it plays out, and I wish they would. Uh, and I would love to see it come back. Um, Definitely. And and run that way. And and Andy's choice. I mean, the benefit of, of something like Morph is that we've seen it before, and 
there's, I think there's a real good chance we see it again. There's no way they're not going to take advantage of this and make more cards. Um, you know, just because you've got one card that, you know, when it morphs, it, it disenchants. Okay, well, you can do that again. That's mm. easy. That's easy. And it's not, yeah. you know, it's not even a downside. So, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to more of morph, that. Yeah, I think with morph, it's very similar to, oddly enough, Planeswalkers, where uh, for the longest time, Planeswalkers, the three abilities were spells. Like, spells that we've seen before that you kind of got for free uh, just by having this right. permanent out. Um, and you could do just... Like, the, the design space is just as big with morphs. Um, so... Anyway. Yeah. Um, I know you got some, some pie waiting for you. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to let you to that. Uh, but uh, we'll be back next week with an even cooler topic. Right, Bruce? You bet. You bet. Yeah, there we go. All right. Better and better. Uh, I can't wait for this season. I mean, I've already got big plans. I've got an idea for one of our one of our future episodes. Can you tell me? Yeah, it's this thing. I, I don't have a name for it yet, but I say we go back and look at old cards that most people haven't seen, and we can mm. pick we can pick like an area, like mm-hmm. I don't know sorceries. Ooh, and we'll just pick like a color. Red ones? Sure, mm. sure, red sorceries, and then we can look back into the past and find find them, and preferably ones that people haven't haven't already heard about. So we could do it. We could do an episode about that. Um, oh, I'm I, sure. I'm going to take a wild guess. I bet we do an ep- do an episode this season where we feature one of your decks. Ooh, I know, I know. I am just coming up with all the ideas. So Man, I'm going to soon run out of decks. <laughs> <laughs> well, but uh. I'll I'll see you next week. You bet. And I'll see all. I mean, I guess I'll see all of our listeners next week. Uh, We're Temple of False Pod. We're decks and not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And uh, it's been a it's been a great time. Uh, Happy season nine. Let's let's uh, let's take a moment to look forward. Okay. And uh, (laughs) thank you so much for listening. And have a great night. And may your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Mana Burned and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!